Dan, it's like 90 degrees outside. Why are you wearing that hat? The hat is to prepare you for a big surprise. Oh, no. Are you excited? No. I know with hair salons closed and everything, you're not expecting this, but check it out. Why did you dye your hair pink? Like the song. It's green. No, it's pink. It's now green. he's got pink hair. The. It's green. No, no, my hair is pink. Yes, I know what color your hair is. The line is green. Mm. Mm. Yeah. For the band, for the band, for the band. Not unlike how it seems like anything and everything is always for the band. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. Danny didn't really dye his hair. I didn't dye it pink. I dyed it green the whole time. <laughs> no, that's good. we're going to have to get into the debate on that because there's not really any official lyrics, and we'll talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So but we'll get into that. I personally always heard green. Is this like the, the white and gold or the blue and black dress? <laughs> Lonnie and Laurel or whatever. What? Lonnie and Laurel. That's the one that's, I mean, that's the audio version of that white dress, blue dress thing. You remember? Oh. That thing where you, you either hear the word Lonnie or you hear the word Laurel. I could be no. mixing them up. You never heard that? Uh-uh. Hold on. Let's you, take a trip back be, to two years ago. You would be the ago. mean man, <laughs> not I. <laughs> so tell me what you, this sounds like to you. All I right. hope I'm playing the original. <laughs> well, that's a commercial. Hold on. <laughs> oh, 13 seconds. So Jess, how are you yeah. doing? How are we doing? Good, good, good. We're doing good. We're hanging in there. How is everybody out there? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. And commercial's over. Here we go. Now listen. Laurel. 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 What do you hear? Laurel. Laurel. I'm sorry. What am I? Is what else are you supposed to hear? Yanni. What? Depending on your age and your range of hearing, people hear this as Yanni. Stop. I'm not joking. You, ca- I can't believe you didn't hear about this at all. I mean, no. to, what did you? We hear? don't have like television in our house. We just have. <laughs> we do have a television. We have a te- We're one of those families that doesn't believe in television. No, we don't have live television in our house. Right. We don't have cable. We don't have cable. We don't have news. All our news has to come to us through Twitter moments or We're whatever. We're cool millennials. We don't need. And maybe news. that was maybe when this was big. Maybe you had Twitter erased from your phone because you go through periods of that. I do. Um, but yeah, no. It sounds like Laurel to me. Yeah. Why would you? No. Why would you hear? A, a Y sound at the beginning and an IE sound at the end or whatever it is. That makes no sense. Or why? I'm playing a different video. Why would you hear? By it's two ASAP completely Science. different words. This is a nice little time hop segment to open the, to open the podcast with. This is blowing my mind. 
This is fake. This is 100% 53 fake. heard Laurel. No, we heard Laurel. Yeah. 43 heard Yanni. No, wait. People are lying about this. No. No. The, now, the, I remember when this came out. When, hold on. This this was in 2018. So this okay. is two years ago. So I get that, like, the older you get, like, how your hearing does change a little bit. And there are certain sounds that you don't hear anymore or whatever. But no way. There's no way you're changing an, a complete word. It doesn't make any sense. This guy speeds it up or something. Original Yanny slash Laurel recording created by Brad Story, a professor of speech, language, and hearing. Let me find. I refuse to believe this. Yanny and Laurel audibly are more similar than you might think. Whether you're listening on a Let's call a boomer and ask what they hear. Like I said, this is the Time Hop podcast where we talk about memes from two years ago. Let's call a boomer and a child and see what they hear. Live on the podcast? Yeah, do it. But when you listen to it with the pitch brought up 30%, you will likely hear Laurel. Laurel. Who's supposed to hear what? Okay, so it has something to do with the range of hearing, that there are... There are forms in the waveform of that word, of that recording of that word, that certain ears can pick up and they hear an L sound that's just in there, but you can't hear But when he pitches the track down 30%, listen, this is the same recording pitched down 30%. I heard it. No, it, it's that's so thin though. That's so that's a reach. Again, the whole world. Reaching. This was on the Ellen show two years ago. Ellen's way ahead of this. <laughs> we We're behind cable, Danny. I don't watch Ellen. <laughs> and this comes up as I said because we'll get into the song. But yes, when we talk about Chris's green hair or his pink hair or he's on the air. All the lyric sites don't really know what the lyric is. Wow, so we'll like have to discuss what we think, what color his hair blown. is. Mind blown. That's how we came up with Laurel and Yanni for Listeners, opening today's call, show call for in. the band. <laughs> Colin, 402-95-Sadie. What did you hear? I think people are lying. They didn't hear Yanni. And you know what it was? Back in the early days of our podcast, when I kept saying the area code wrong, I was saying it right, but it's like younger people... <laughs> Thought I was saying the area code wrong. It's 402, as in 1 and 2, 402-95-SADIE. Our email is sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Got our plugs out of the way early. Got our our weekly Yanni and Laurel discussion out of the way. Uh, no other real top of the show business this week. Except I also wanted to bring up, and I've been meaning to bring this up for a couple weeks. But when we talked about, I think it was Devastation and Reform, Mm -hmm. some people on Twitter, I'm pretty sure you can see my socks, one of them and someone else, noted that we keep mentioning that Five Score was their biggest selling, was Reliant K's biggest selling thing. You Mm -hmm. saw that at some point on some website that referenced. Yeah, it was like Wikipedia or something. Yeah. And then I went back to the Five Score Wikipedia and I didn't see anything in reference to that. (laughs) I don't think it's true. We've mentioned it in multiple podcasts. It does not sound like Five Score is their biggest selling record. But apparently, I think what it was was... And I did I did the deep dive this week. Jessica, yeah. this is my big song. For the Band is the song that I picked. She didn't have... I was like, don't worry about it, Jess. I'll do the deep dive. When I did the deep dive, I found randomly an article from okay. around the time of Five Score. And a reference that it was their top most charting album okay which doesn't just because you have the top most charting album 
that doesn't mean it's their biggest selling album because if the album sells slower over time it might not chart as high you could sell a gold number of records right, but never yeah. really chart so i think it's actually their i mean top that makes sense because i'm like i feel like mm-hmm, had to sell way more than yeah. that <laughs> it's danny it's on wikipedia it has to be true yeah <laughs> man jennifer's body did not age well but that line certainly <laughs> did it's true. I think on the band's MySpace <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> um, oh, man. If, so, if you're under a certain age, don't watch Jennifer's Body because you'll just be confused. <laughs> I'm sure it's got a cult status. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. If you hear Laurel, no, if you hear Yanny, don't bother <laughs> watching Jennifer's Body. <laughs> So this week we are talking about the song for the band. Uh, Jessica does not have anything to say about this song. Do you really not have anything to say about it? No, I do. I want to talk about the lyrics because okay, I want good. to talk about. So did you when you did the deep dive? Did you find like the mythology <coughs> of this me. song? Is I didn't. this is this in reference to a specific individual or because they mention both? Uh, like a male pronoun and a female pronoun, are they talking about like their early fans as a collective? And it's right. more There's bad. no interview that I could find directly talking about this song. Okay. I even went as far as to look on the Reddit. I searched every thing on the Reliant K Reddit that discussed the song and nobody actually discussed the song. It would just be in mm-hmm. people's lists of favorite songs or things like that. Uh, it was in a list of Reliant K rarities, because we'll get into it, but the mix of this track on the Employee of the Month EP and the mix on Bird and the B-Sides is different. Oh, okay. There's one made, there's one, there's one tiny difference, and there's one major difference that I knew right away. Okay. Uh, we've talked about it when we've talked about Bird and the B-Sides as a whole. But uh, yeah, so I looked on the Reddit, I even looked on Twitter... Just said people's conversations on Twitter. Search for the band Reliant K. Right. Search for the band Reliant, spelled correctly. <laughs> trying to find if anyone still searched Chris for the band. And right. I even put out an Instagram post because even this the morning. name Chris could be a guy's name or a girl's name. Right. So I put out an inst, but they say now he's got. I know. Now we don't know what he's got because there's no official lyric booklet for this song. He's got hair. He's got hair, but some people think they're saying he's on the air or he's got air. What? Yeah. He's got his air for I think free? That's the, I think that's the one that's definitely absolutely wrong. But um, anyway, yeah. So I tried to figure out who Chris is. All the There's no interviews about this song. Okay. I remember talking to Reliant K about this song in real life. Around the time of the, from this, when it was just on the Employee mm-hmm. of the Month sound, uh, Employee of the Month EP, and telling them. Was it on the Employee of the Month soundtrack? It wasn't on the Employee of the Month soundtrack starring Dane, Dane Cook, Cook and, and uh, uh, Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> Man, wouldn't that be amazing if it was, though? <laughs> Reliant K totally seems like a band that would be on that soundtrack. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so true. Reliant K was on a lot of crappy soundtracks. <laughs> Same as MXPX, <laughs> but MXPX were on a couple of interesting... How dare you say that about Drake and Josh? Well, MXPX was also on Drake and Josh. Wow. Responsibility is a song that was either from or inspired by Drake and Josh. Wow. I personally think Jake, Drake and Josh inspired the song Responsibility. 
the producers of Drake and Josh are like a very certain age and into a certain kind of music and stuff. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what was I saying? Anyway, <laughs> so I remember talking to Reliant K when they were accessible at shows um, and telling them I loved that song and I thought it was so cool. And they were like, oh, thanks. But they didn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> it's not like when I told them... It's, it's pretty much the same story. But I told them when the when the creepy EP was out how much I loved uh, Jefferson Airplane, mm-hmm. the song. And they and they told me... I think on when we did the Jefferson Airplane we thing... We did talk I about that. I, I think I said Hoops told me yeah. it was an earthquake song. When this is like years before the earthquakes were even like known mm-hmm. to the general public. I didn't know what he was talking about when he said <laughs> Matt Tietzen and the earthquakes. But yeah... Um, they didn't give me any special insight that I recall about the song for the band. Shucks. And then looking you at You should it, have asked specifically, Dan. Yeah. Maybe I asked if they'd ever play it and they were like, yeah, we'll see. It's something. I don't actually have any memory because mm-hmm. I looked on Setlist FM and there's no listings of this song ever being played. Mm-hmm. Um, this song is so um, uh, musically of this time it's so of that two lefts era that's got the synths going and stuff like yeah i find it pretty funny that it's kind of a very skate punky song Mm -hmm. it's not a fast song right so i have a lot of theories i don't know if i'd I'd consider this like a skate punk kind of song it's just like it's like a pop punk skate punk song like a lower tempo one but that's what i think of it as and particularly because I've paid more attention now to the music on All Work and No Play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have a lot of, I have, I've always had a lot of theories and thoughts about this song, but now I have, they've even formed other thoughts. <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> Since we started this podcast, I've had, I've developed other thoughts about this song. So let's start getting into it. Okay. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite songs. We need to add this to the list of songs that if we ever do interview members of the band, we ask about. Yeah. Maybe David Ketch can keep can keep track of the things that we've said we need to. <laughs> and he can make like a Google Doc spreadsheet for us. Yeah. He is our intern, so. Right. <laughs> you Can See My Socks is our musical in- analysis intern, and David yep. Ketch is our inf- informational research Yes. Intern. And Brady Sullivan is just our sugar daddy. Yeah, he's the boss. <laughs> he's our corporate overlord. He is our corporate overlord. So, um, yeah, so I love this song. I've loved it for a really long time. It is when we talk about how Reliant K is not particularly up to mm-hmm, the first three albums, and this is part of the third album, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is part of the, this is part of the cycle of the third album. In the first three albums, I don't think of Reliant K as a pop punk band in the in in the broad sense of what a pop punk band is particularly because at the time i remember early interviews and even when they played on stage matt Thiessen making offhanded comments about how we're not a pop we're not a punk band Mm -hmm. in the early 2000s the term pop punk the term pop punk we've talked about this before but the term pop punk nowadays is like accepted Mm -hmm. but in the early 2000s the term reverence yeah (laughs) exactly um, people defend pop punk with right. guns and all that stuff, oh, but geez. they didn't. <laughs> Did you see that article? Speaking of 
punk deniers. Did you see that? Sorry, not article. Did you see the YouTube video I sent you? No. So I sent you this YouTube video because I was looking at the lyrics for the song. Although now I've I've come to find from you that not all the lyric sites. So we'll have are to find agreeance. out what lyrics site you looked at. Um, just whatever the general Google one is. Okay. Um, and so when I searched for that, I saw this like very young Tyson and Hoops in an interview. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who the interview is with now. I have to look it up. It, this may very well have been like their very first videoed interview. It's oh. so cringy. I think I've seen this video. It was uploaded recently, right? But it's a really old. It's from it's like Tales from the know. Green. It's called like Tales from the Green Room, right? Yes. Yeah. I've yeah. seen, I've, I've seen yeah. it before. I didn't see it when you sent it to me, but I've seen it before. Yeah. Hoops does not look like he wants to be there. Like he's <laughs> super uncomfortable and Tyson keeps trying to engage with him. It's like. It's kind of amazing, but also like, wow. Yeah, it, it was for... um, The band. It was for the band. It was for the self-titled. Right. <laughs> like, we're talking babies. Yeah. Um, What was I saying? Oh, so <laughs> when I think about... I have seen that video, to answer your question. But when I think about Relying K being labeled as a pop punk band nowadays... And how at the time people labeled them as a punk band, just saying they're a punk band. Oh, that's the reason why I was talking about this. Sorry. (laughs) That's why I went off on that tangent. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It was because Tyson said that he referred to Fillmore in it and saying that there's another punk band in whatever tour they were about to go on. And I was like, oh, so... It's probably the Back to the Few tour, maybe. Oh, it was the first album? Maybe not. I don't know. It was the first album. And so he did acknowledge the punk thing there. And I was like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I just recall in the first... Central Park in fall. I do recall that. But I recall that... In the days of the first two albums, Relying K was not, like, immediately jovial about the idea of being called a punk band. Because right. I was think it was more in reverence to punk. Yeah. They were like, we're a pop rock band. Yeah. We can't pretend that we're punks. And nowadays, because, and then 20 years later, anyone can be a punk. Right. <laughs> and any type of music can be basically a punk, punk band as long as it's got guitar almost. Uh, like a band like Water Parks or whatever are technically punk bands. And, I don't know who Yeah, that is. whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought you were going to try and sing me one of their songs for a second. I was like, damn, I don't, don't even bother because I don't, I don't know. I don't know their songs. But um, the, my point was, so when I hear a song like this, I'm like, okay, this feels more like an epithet sort of skate punk thing, at least in the guitar, mm-hmm. right? So, and it makes sense to me because this song sounds like it's about their deal, them dealing with success and being a band and what that means for them as a band, as something that they want to do for fun, but also struggling with the balance between wanting to do something for fun and wanting to do something as a career, which is being a band. So it kind of makes sense that the sound of this song is that of like an epithet skate punk type of band oh a little gosh. bit slower than a song like that but it's hitting that chord and it's telling that story is it epithet i've been saying epitaph for no years. it's epitaph oh <laughs> epithet is like fat records the, okay and epitaph so when you hear those sort of oh, like no okay. effects influenced bands gotcha you call them epithet bands because you're combining the two record labels that I'm are most sorry, known Danny, for that I'm sound that is cooler in the is you <laughs> that's okay <laughs> 
That's as a right. teen, I drove around I'm listening sorry, to was... Reliant K and Frank Sinatra <laughs> and Michael Bublé. Like, I don't know. Well, that was something I was going to ask you about because this song, I feel like we're going all over the place. Well, let's kind of, let's find a bead and follow it. It is very hot. But let's find a bead and let's follow it. So this, what this song is about is basically them being a band and now on their third major record getting re- I mean at this point getting ready for their third na- national record mm-hmm. and what does that mean for them you know and having come up as a bunch of goofy guys singing goofy songs and writing songs in their bedroom mm-hmm. and any this story continues up to now up to air for free cuz there's that Matt Hoops interview from recently where he's talking about how like so many people out there who are respected musicians had their early crappy punk band, but Reliant K just happens to be making mature music right. in the same band that made their early crappy pop punk music. They're right. in the same band. So yeah. the, this story continues to today. So it's interesting to see this snapshot where they write this narrative of like, you know, Right off the bat, the first lyric. Now for the question, it just won't go away. So what are we going to do today? Because when you're a touring band, especially in the pre-internet digital revolution world where you're like, where, you know, you're touring to sell records, Mm -hmm. like the touring supports the record, right? (laughs) April's snoring over there. (laughs) (laughs) In the early pre-digital world of hold on you might not even hear it in the recording it's distracting me (laughs) she woke up so when you tour constantly in support of your record and Reliant K is is like building this audience and they're not even at their height yet their height's going to come in like two and three records in the future so it's like they're building towards this thing and they probably don't have a lot of free time. They're just constantly touring. And the free time they're getting, either in the van or the bus or whatever they had, going from Christian festival to Christian festival, going from tour to tour, constantly touring, and then writing and recording in, in between. Um, Magnified Pod talked about this a lot on their current Fire and Frenzy season where they're talking about Fiverr and Frenzy's records that Fiverr and Frenzy was putting out a record every year and pretty much just playing shows constantly in between records so they were going at this breakneck pace and they were basically supporting the whole infrastructure of their record label and stuff with all of this non-stop freight train of tour record tour record so Reliant K is now on the same probably I mean I've always assumed that this song is about Reliant K being on that same trajectory of tour record tour record Mm -hmm. and then they write this song and the first line is now for the question won't go away what are we gonna do today because it seems like for the last four years we've had far much less of a say and this is 2002 they say four years 1998 Basically, that's when they really start getting going as a band. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Like they're saying for the last four years, we've just been doing what our record label tells us to do. We've just been doing what our tour manager sends us. Danny says, we got to go, got to go to Idaho. They're just like, so now they like, they finally got a day off and they don't know what to do with it. And I think that's a pretty vivid mini micro story Mm -hmm. of like, here's a band being told where to go, what to do all the time. Interviews, radio stations, tours, 
record, write music, and suddenly we got a day off. Well, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then this isn't a story in the sense of there's no beginning, middle, end, but it's almost like a slice of life story. It's like here's a bunch of little slices of life of what it's like being Reliant K at this point in 2002 where the momentum of the band just keeps building on every record. And like I said, this is only before Two Left, which is going to be their biggest record up to that point. And then mm is going to come out, and that's going to be even bigger than the one before, and then they're going to get signed to a major. So it's not even in it's not even slightly slowed down yet. So I think it's so cool that they have this song that captures this moment in their history. And then not only are they saying we're looking at where we are now and how we've come this long way. And they write the song that musically feels like it's off of all work and no play, but more mature, you know, more written like they know how to write a song now. (laughs) And they know how to record the song now. You know what I mean? So I think that's really cool. And then they tell these little stories about Chris, this guy that used to come to all their local shows, and now he doesn't like them anymore because now they're too big and popular. And then there's this total left turn, which feels like a total left turn, the bridge, where he, some a girl is talking to him and saying he's misplaced his identity because what you do isn't all of who you really are. It's because it's almost like he's having a little crisis, right? He's like, is this all I am? I'm just Reliant K. I've always wondered what it's like to be in a band and be like, my name is Joe Smith, but I'm in the band. I can't think of it. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> like, like my name is Matt Thiessen. I'm not Matt Thiessen. I'm not doing an impression. But to say <laughs> your name is Matt Thiessen, but then you're in the band Reliant K. Like, do right. you feel like Reliant K? Because when people think of a band... They think of it as that band. They, they put the identity of that band on the individuals. Right. Do the individuals in the band see themselves in that same way? It's so different. It's so weird when I Very think of it that way. Very few transcend. Like, you know, there's Lemmy and then there's Motorhead. And right. there's, you know, there's Slash and then there's... But, yeah. But there's yeah. this whole other thing. And maybe this is a little too existential to communicate. But I thought about this here and there. I think we all can get the idea if you're a movie star and the public perceives you as one way and you perceive yourself as another thing mm-hmm. and there those two things will never ma- will never meet basically i assume i don't want to be perceived the way i am i just want to be perceived the way i am but then i think about when you're in a band and you're like i'm in this band and it's called Reliant k or i'm in this band and it's called uh what's another name of a band <laughs> I'm in this band and it's called Metallica. (laughs) And it's like, do you think I am Metallica? You know, do you think I am Reliant K or I am Green Day? Or do you just think I'm... Is Marilyn Manson the name of the guy or the name of the band? I guess it's technically both. And did he eat your girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, this, this is going nowhere. So... She tells it so in this in the in the bridge the the nice little bridge that sort of slows things down for a second. She, he's ta- some a girl's talking to him and he's like, "You put yourself into this band and you maybe you're losing your identity in it." Um, but I have other thoughts about that bridge as well. Okay, I do too. So all right, I'm listening. I'm hearing you out first though. So I 
So I'm getting ahead of myself again, but let's go back. So the general story of the song about this guy named Chris. Do you remember those days are gone, but Chris is not? Oh, wait. (laughs) And now he's got greener pink hair or is on the air and developed a severe disliking for the band. Right. So that used to... I like I, that just used it, it was like instant nostalgia for me the day this song came out even though I had only been going to like local shows in my area going to see friends that were in bands for only a couple of years I didn't get to do that from early on I only got to do that in like my senior year of call of my senior year of high school mm-hmm. and then up through my community college years I was going to like local shows and things like that but like, even though I'd only been experiencing that world for like three or four years, when For the Band came out, I was like, this has solidified everything I've been experiencing in that world for the last four years. You know what I mean? It just happened to be the four years that he also mentioned, stop smiling at me like you think this is cute. <laughs> and then also just thinking of Reliant K and how I used to think of them as, even though they were not, I used to think of them as almost like a local band because they would come through the New England area so much and I get to talk to them all the time. Even though they were a national act, it's like I had that feeling of them being a local band. So it's kind of funny when I I heard this song and I'm like, oh, this guy Chris, whether he's a real person or he's a metaphor or he's a conglomeration of multiple people that they knew that maybe weren't happy with them getting bigger. I was like, that's, you know, that's funny because... Whoever Chris is, if if he's any of those things I just mentioned, he's mad at them for n- not being small time and local anymore. But I'm happy that they're <laughs> national and coming through, and I feel like they're totally approachable. And then mm-hmm, comes out, and I never basically see them again, right? I never get to talk to them again. And you become Chris. And I became Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't give up on Relan K after that, though. So... Um, did you have thoughts about the Chris character in the song? Yeah, I think I sort of, I'm torn between, and I would love to know or let it just be one of those things that is. I love that it could be either a guy or it could be talking about the fans as a whole. Right. It could be talking about not all fans, but like a specific sect of fan who was like. Who had been with them since they got before they got signed to go right who's like yeah i you know went to their local canton shows when they were still when teeson was still putting on a fake uh, british British accent accent. and they played a little more punk and a little grittier and dirtier or when they were perceived to play more christian songs than the further they went on because that's something we see in a lot of like song meanings and you know reviews and uh articles and stuff as people saying like oh, it feels like they're getting further away from their Christian image or whatever, you know, the further that we go. Right. And there, we've come across a couple song meetings, I think, users who have said in even into less, like, oh, I feel like they're not, like, really doing the Christian thing anymore, or pick one, be secular, be Christian, but you can't be both. But you can absolutely be but both. But you can absolutely be both. But it feels like maybe that's this is directed towards those people who are, like, I want you to be what you used to be, which is a little bit more heavy handed or, you know, right. one of those kind of things. And, you know, they're like, oh, you used to be this or you used to play in this more of this style. And now you've moved on. You can't please everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because it, yeah. I think it says in there that that even though they've moved on, Chris hasn't moved on. He's still right. there, except now he's got 
green or pink hair. Right. And has developed a severe disliking for the band. So I just imagine that there's someone who's still in this scene and they're still there. But, you know, now he has colored hair and he's like a little bit more into the punk scene or whatever, you know, than they were. And they kind of graduated out of that and, you know, moved on. But you still have these fans who like that's their thing and they live in that world. Yeah. And they don't ever leave that world and they want to continue getting that content. Right. And they just move on to whoever the next band is that fulfills that need. Mm -hmm. And then they turn 30 and that, and then they're just obsessed with talking about that stuff forever because that, and they're like, do youth group kids today even know what it's like to listen to these types of bands? I thought you were talking about yourself no. for a second until you got to the youth group I was group talking about the I community. Was I was talking about the community of Christian punk kids in general. Gotcha. Which includes me, but includes <laughs> lots of different types of people. So, um, yeah, let's talk about Chris's hair for a second. Because... <laughs> I went to take a sip of my drink and I almost did a spit take right into the microphone. (laughs) There's no officially published lyric sheet for this song because this song is on the Employee of the Month EP and it's on Bird and the B-Sides. There's no lyric book in the EP. When you take out the Employee of the Month booklet, it's like the whole thing is made to look like a cork board at the back of like a big box store or something like that. Like... In, it shows, like, the four members of the band at that point. And Polaroids. And Polaroids. May, saying, June, July, and August saying who was the employee, employee of the, the month, month that And month. then above it is written what they do in the actual band. Bass, drums, vocals, vocals, guitar, guitar, vocals. Uh, and then on the back, there's, like, all this stuff that's made to look like timesheets up on the board and notices to employees and stuff. But it's actually credits for, how you know, in what way the album was recorded. So there's no lyrics in the Employee of the Month EP. Um, we haven't found our physical copy of Burden the B-Sides, but I did find on the trademark.net website, they had a scan of all of the booklets in there, and there's no lyrics for any of the Burden the B-Sides tracks. Mm-hmm. There's only lyrics for the Nashville Tennis EP songs. So there's no officially published lyrics. So I think all the lyric sites that you see are whoever got to that lyric site first and uploaded their version of the lyrics. So I saw, and I looked at, when I realized this, I looked at all of them. There are people who think now Chris has got pink hair. Now Chris has got green hair. Now Chris has got big hair. And the oh, wow. dumbest one I saw, that genius says big hair. Like, that <laughs> oh, doesn't make wow. sense. Why would he have big hair? That this isn't the sense. 80s. Yeah. Was he a Jersey girl? Like, why does he have big hair? But the dumbest, I mean, that one's dumb. But the dumbest one was I saw one that says, now he's got the air. Now he's got the air. And I was like, okay, well, that puts a, if that lyric was true, which I absolutely don't think it is, yeah. it's almost like, okay, now he's a radio DJ. Yeah, and he's out there talking the to, air. Yeah, and he's talking about how Reliant K sucks. Right. But that doesn't make any sense. So it's definitely... Now he's got a podcast and he's talking about how much he dislikes collapsible lung. Uh-huh. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is like... Was it Curl Up? It's the Forest for the Cemeteries. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is similar to that, but there was an official lyric booklet that said it's Forest for the Cemeteries. I refuse and to we, accept we that. we just refuse to believe that. Yeah. This one, unless <laughs> Matt Thiessen or somebody comes out and tells us what color is Chris's hair, we don't know if it's pink or green or big. You so know, there's a lot of emphasis being put on the hair here. And I have to tell you, that makes me believe that Mark Nicholas really was the fifth <laughs> member of Reliant K. And he sat in the back of the bus with the boys 
and they and all talked they about how relationship sp- book. they wrote complex infrastructure known as the female mind together and they all talked about how very specifically each girl was to have their hair right. to fit into a certain stereotype 100 percent. maybe yeah <laughs> and that just natural maybe maybe it's chris the whole time maybe chris is mark nicholas <gasps> maybe he's the one with green or pink hair I would think it would be green. Yeah. Because, okay, let's listen to the song real quick. Let's listen to this moment from the Bird and the B-Sides version. Let's see if we can figure out what color Chris's hair is. Do you hear it? It's really hard to tell. It's, it's, it is now that really hard to now tell. Now that you're really listening. Yeah. And it sounds like pink. It sounds like Laurel. It sounds like Yanni. It sounds, yeah. it sounds like it could... It's one of those things where he could be saying green, but he's kind of slurred it. So right. it almost sounds like he's saying pink. Yeah. I would just think, based off of the sort of pashish of this song, of it being a sort of lower tempo skate punk type song, uh-huh. and it being about a band that came from a skate punk world and got signed and right. became pop rock and is you know doing all this stuff up to this point, you would think... The tone of the song means he would have green hair because yeah. green is a very common punk rock color. And if he dyed it pink, he would be dyeing it pink so that it could match his tux right. that he's wearing to the prom. Which is also on this EP. Yeah. So maybe that works because it's 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 not the next song. <laughs> In Love with the 80s is the second song on the EP and For the Band is the fifth song. So maybe, I don't know. Why would you? They're not Lana Del Rey. Why would you focus on the same <laughs> color more than once? Come on. <laughs> maybe he's got a party dress. <laughs> she always singing about party dresses. <laughs> That's actually only once, but sure. Isn't there something where she sings about a certain type of dress more than once? No, it's other stuff. I won't go into it. Listen to my Lana Del Rey <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um. You know, Schmixel, Schmixel Vinyl also releases Lana Del Rey, so it all ties together. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So it all comes together. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever officially know what color Chris's hair is, but I always thought it was green, and I never really questioned it up until now. I think it would be fun if every time they sing the chorus, it's a different color. That'd be like cool. Like it's from yeah, one of the flowers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good stuff. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I personally think Chris is probably a metaphor. We, like, you know, we talk about literal Thiessen, singing about literal stuff that's actually happened in his life and quoting people he knows. But I just think if they it's knew people. yeah. Yeah. I per- like, for instance, I think there is an actual Justin right. that, that, that Matt met. And he had developed a taste for Miller Lite or whatever. I think there was an actual friend of his that went off to college that he met up with and was a little disgusted. I think that, based on nothing, based on no interview or anything, I'm just guessing, wholesale guessing, that there actually is a Justin that he met and there actually was a Vanessa. Right. And... And this song is on Bird and the B-Sides. And Bird and the B-Sides have more, like, metaphorical songs that never made it onto regular records like right. full-length albums yeah i mean 
I don't know if they think of it that specifically. Like, let's make sure the songs that aren't that lyrically literal end up on the EP. But I guess that could be the case. I don't know. Although I have something to mention in terms of this being on Burden the B-Sides and how that kind of messed up what people think of the song. Um, Before I get into that. So Chris, I think, is like a culmination of probably what they were hearing from some older fans at the time. That they were disappointed that they were getting so big. I'm just, that's just my assumption. There is, like I said, I could not find any interviews talking about this band. I did Jessica's Deep Dive this week, and when you type in Reliant K for the band, you get a lot of articles that just happen to have the phrase for the band. (laughs) It's like, Ethan Locke, the drummer for the band. It's like, oh, well, this is not going to be... This is a year or two after even Burn the B side. So. Did you get song meanings? What do people think? Other people song out meanings there? are what very do other interesting. Fans think? So uh, yeah, let's get into song meanings. But before I mention that, I had a couple other things. <laughs> I had a couple other notes. Go for it. So I also thought the bridge where the girl is saying what you do isn't all of who you really are. Did you have any comments about that section of the song? When the girl, when she sat me down and said to me, I think you misplaced your identity. And you know, that just kind of feeds into why I think it's more metaphorical because it's like talking about a group of fans because they're like, well, there's Chris and he doesn't like it. And then there's this girl and she doesn't, you know, she's saying this and he's saying that and that sort of thing. It's all about the he said, she said. (laughs) Um, I've always been curious about that bridge, though, because... There's no reference. The, the only specific reference to a character is Chris, right? Mm-hmm. And when all of a sudden in the bridge, he shifts gears in the narrative and says, she sat me down and said to me, I think you've misplaced your identity. There's no reference to who she is. Mm-hmm. So I've gone back and forth depending on like the years that I listen to the song. I'm like, sometimes I think it's maybe a girlfriend or mm-hmm. sometimes I think it could be his sister Jessica, like who from Seventeen yeah, Magazine, totally. like this is almost like this bridge right. is a pseudo sequel to Seventeen Magazine, or sometimes I think it could be like his mom, or it could be just a, a someone that he happens to know that happens to be a girl, or hypothetically it may not have been a girl that actually told him this, but he says she so that it's more disambiguated from the guy that he was talking about is angry at them earlier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've never had a concrete assumption in my head, one solid idea of what exactly, who exactly she is telling him not to misplace his identity. Do you have a feeling on what it could be about? Who that could be that's telling him not that he's misplaced his identity? No, like I said, I just always viewed it more as a as a general, yeah, and not about a specific person. But yeah, no, you're right. Like a girlfriend, a mom, a sister, a family member, like a close friend or whatever, they could totally play into that. Right. Absolutely. I just thought of the Jessica thing, to be honest. That it being his <laughs> sister, I'd never actually fully thought of it that way. But I like the idea that it's just, it's just, it's a mini sequel to Seventeen yeah. Magazine. Um, but I think that there's something really. Uh, emotionally kind of sweet about that bridge section and particularly where I was in my life when this song came out aside from the fact that this song connected me to the instant nostalgia of the past four years of my life thinking about going to local shows and seeing local bands this particular line made me think about in 2002 in my life I was graduated from high school for a couple of years a year or two 
and I didn't know what exactly what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to do creative stuff. I tried being creative and I never felt like it really came through. And I thought that like I was at this weird point in my life, like adolescent emo kid where I was like, no one's ever going to understand me or care about me because I'm not able to be creative in a way that people will be interested in. Like I'm not music, you know, I had lots of dreams about music that never actually came through. And I had dreams about filmmaking, which have kind of basically come true and stuff, but weren't come, weren't forming at the time. So I felt I had this feeling in my heart that it was like I was never going to be interesting to anyone because I couldn't make anything interesting. So hearing this line in this song, I think you've misplaced your identity because what you do isn't really who you are. I'm paraphrasing the line. But that meant a lot to me to hear that at the time because I was like, well, maybe I am still someone who's who can be interesting without having to make creative works that people would be like "Ooh, look at that this person's mysterious and interesting now that's what that was always the fantasy that like i'd make a movie or write a song or do something creative and people would see it and be like "Ooh, this person's interesting but i wasn't capable of doing stuff like that in the way that i really wanted it was never successful you know what i mean so this line came at a at a really good time for me to hear that said that very specific thing that i don't think is said in a lot of other music like hey don't worry about whether or not you can be creative the way you wanted. You're still an interesting person. Like, I don't know how many other songs, lots of other songs are about being yourself and about your worthy, no matter what of love or whatever. But like how many other songs are like, how, I don't think, I can't think of any other song where the message is whether, don't worry about your creative endeavors. You're still someone aside from that. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's a message you hear in most things. I even like when we, when I when I finally went to the film school where we met, I still had a certain chip on my shoulder for that where I would get really annoyed at the attitude of like we work in and I heard both other students say this and instructors. It's like we don't want our lives to be boring. We're going to work in the entertainment industry and I'm like it's no different from any other you know, it's just, it's just like, w- right. like you're nothing special for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I get a real chip on my shoulder for stuff like that because of these years that I had been dealing with this sort of lonely thought in my head that this particular bridge in this song sort of helped, you know, with thinking about. Yeah. 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 So, so thanks to Matt's sister, Jessica, for having possibly <laughs> said that to him. Um. Oh, and the out of key line. What do you think of that? Sing, the singing out, out of key. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny because yeah. they just sing out of key there. That's what makes it feel so Reliant K is that they put in a little goofy tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Um. We were gonna go to song meetings. There's one other thing I had to mention. Okay. So this song, the mix, is very different on the EP from Bird and the B-Sides. Oh. When we've talked about how I didn't really like listening to the Bird and the B-Side track so much on yeah. Bird and the B-Sides, the second half of that disc, mm-hmm. it was particularly because I loved this song so much and I used to listen to the Employee of the Month CD in my car constantly. And there, the mix is very is different. It's similar to like the gold mix of anatomy 
and two lefts okay. in that everything's just been kind of boosted. pushed, boosted. Yeah. Everything's just kind of made a little fuller. Um, the three biggest differences, I'll go in order of how different they are, of like the magnitude of change. The these are only these are the slight things that I've been able to tell are different between the two versions. So when you listen to here's the very here's the first few seconds of the EP version. And then here's oh, the first wow. few seconds of the Bird and the B-sides version which most people have heard. So it's so missing that extra, yeah. that extra little like setup of the guitar, that yeah. extra little strum. So that's the EP. And that's the Bird and the B-side version. Because this is a story song, it's a slice of life story song. And it's this song mm-hmm. is really dynamic in the way it tells the story. Because it's telling a story, a real story about Relying K and where they've come as a band and where they started. So to hear that little like that little strike of the guitar, it almost sounds like he's setting up, he's getting ready to play, like it's not meant to be there. It's almost necessary to me. I think it's a character of the song to hear that little strike of the chord, that false start, because it's like they're a garage band, they're a garage skate punk band, and he struck the guitar too soon. Yeah. And when you polish it up by cutting that out, it kind of loses that right. narrative, yeah. that extra little character to the song. So, and those are the kind of things that get, that happen on the gold versions of the second and third album all the time. The little fade outs that get caught and the little things that get changed. Um, the next thing, which I, it's, it might just be a difference in the mix, how things were boosted. But when you hear the out of key part, it sounds more organic to me in the EP version. It sounds like he really did sing out of key. Whereas it sounds digitally manipulated to me in the Bird and the B-Sides version. It sounds like they digitally went in and purposely hmm. altered the key mm-hmm. to make it sound worse. Like I said, I could, it might have always been digital. And it might just be a fact that they brought everything up in the, Birds ver- in the Bird and the B-Side version that makes it seem like that. So here's the out-of-key part in the EP. Oh yeah. So it sounds like he's really going out of key. Yeah. It sounds like he it's did that. It's a lot the, smoother in yeah. the in the Bird and the B sides version. In the Bird and then here's the Bird and the B side version. It still almost sounds in key. Like yeah. it still sounds nice. Like out of key. I yeah, There's, I don't really notice a big like issue with it. Whereas the first one, there's that little extra. When I hear the when I hear the employee version, it sounds like he organically goes out of key. He yeah. just raises it up. Yeah. But when I hear the bird in the B side version, it sounds like they've digitally waved it out of key. Uh-huh. It sounds like they've wavered it. Right. Yeah. Like he's singing like a lobster talks. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. So there's that, and um, it also reminds me of. I think it's Carousel by Blink-182, where when he's, when Tom DeLonge sings, a tank of gas is a treasure to me. <laughs> <laughs> you mean just how Tom DeLonge sings? Yeah. I think between the Buddha version, the Cheshire Cat version, and then the remix of the Buddha version, of the Cheshire Cat version on The Greatest Hits, when he sings, a tank of grass is a treasure to me. 
It's like he sings it way out of tune in the Buddha version. He sings it kind of out of tune on the Treasure Cat version. I think they digitally fixed it a little bit in the Greatest Hits. I could mm-hmm. be wrong about that. I have not listened to the Greatest Hits that much, right. as was talked about in Jimmy Eat Pod when I was on there <laughs> recently. Uh, but then the most egregious change in my eyes comes to this. And this, most people if, who know this song for Burn the B-Sides, because it's also the only version on streaming nowadays, and I'm sure more, more people owned Burn the B-Sides than the Employee in a Month CD. I'm not even going to tell you. Here's the, here's the difference. So here, let's this time we'll listen to the Burn the B-Side version first. And you'll know this, and then I'll play. I'll go back and I'll play the employee version. He's developed a severe disliking for, for the band. Okay, right? Yeah. Same chorus as always. Yeah. Here's the last chorus in the employee version. He's developed a severe disliking for, you know what? Do you know that version? You didn't seem shocked by it. Because you've done, you've had this rant for oh, me okay. before. <laughs> <laughs> because you've gone off on this tangent previously for me. I don't, I don't think on the, I don't think on the podcast, but right. yes. <laughs> now, unlike the last two things, the last two changes I complained about, which I think sort of hamper the, the narrative of the song and kind of take away from the texture of the story of the song, making the key more digital making the out of key thing more digital i think affects it it should sound organic like he messed up in the room taking away that little strike of the that Mm -hmm. short little strike of the guitar at the beginning that kind of takes it that kind of messes it up taking this away doesn't change he goes instead of saying for the band on the last chorus you just heard it but i'm just repeating it he says you know what right that doesn't take away from the narrative of the song the, to me, that's like whatever. I just think it's a creative, funny, Reliant K, goofy thing like we're used to, in especially in these early three albums, like just their puns and their goofy little things and their breakfast and timpanies and like all these bizarre, funny, goofy little things for him to be like, I'm going to sing the chorus again, but you already know what it is. So instead of saying the title of the song, I'll say, you know what? I think it does kind of take away from the story nature of the song because you know how when you've had this thing that you've like talked about, talked about, obsessed over, it's been like a big part of your life and then maybe it, you know, it does you wrong or you just move away from that and it's like you have like a bitter split. You're yeah. like, oh, you know what? Like the thing I don't want to talk about. It's right. almost like that's like a Chris or yeah. an old fan being like, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm not gonna say the band. You're almost, or or almost, yeah. I guess you're right. Or almost like he's tired of talking about how Chris has been complaining about the band right. when all they want to do is be themselves and figure out this thing that they want, this dream they've always had, and they're tired of talking about it. It's like you know what Chris is upset about. He thinks everything's got to be for the band, but he's got he thinks everything's got to be for you know what. Yeah, I think I don't know why they changed that. I don't understand. I can only. Just big assumption. I'm like, did it annoy them over time? Did it annoy Matt Thiessen over time when he heard this song? Do you think, did he think like, you know, they've had a lot. It's cleaner and more polished with just doing for the band instead of the you know what. That's a little, it subverts expectation in maybe a way that they didn't think was as aesthetically pleasing to the ear. Right. Yeah. But I think it was creative and goofy and funny and 
maybe that has something to do. You know, Reliant K in the first three albums, like I said, they had those puns. They had those clever, weird little things. Those, like, goofy jokes. Mm -hmm. Those goofy, pointless, not that funny, but kind of clever jokes. Like, that was part of Reliant K's persona on those first three albums. And then with "Mm Mm-hmm, that humor is still more or less there, but it's more trained. It's more selective. Like, there's not... The only real joke song on, um, you know, you have occasional weird titles like to be, you know, to beat a dead horse or to shoot him in the leg. What's it called? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) To sweep the leg or Cobra Kai, whatever it's called. My point is, Reliant K was all about those goofy, funny, harmless, dumb jokes, right? But by the era of mm-hmm and five score, that those jokes are now more selective. And then by forget not slow down, those jokes are at least in the music totally gone. Mm-hmm. So is it a sort of thing like this seemed like a funny goofy idea in the last chorus to subvert the expectation of him saying for the band again? They did it in, I just thought of it, they did it in Age of Ultron, in Avengers Age of Ultron, where at the very end he's like, Avengers, and then it cuts to the credits. It is exactly that joke. Ten years before they made that joke in Age of Ultron, he's like, you expect me to say the title of the song again? Well, I'm going to say, you know what? So did they decide that by the, in 2009, when they're putting this B-side collection together, did they decide that type of joke isn't the type of joke we'd make as a band anymore now in the five score Mm-hmm, era and that's why they, and they were like well this is a pretty easy fix like we, we just copy and paste one of the other choruses into the last chorus but I miss it I prefer the, the employee of the month version and again if you listen to the mix it's the, the full mix of the song of both versions it's exactly like how the gold versions are changed it's just everything's a little full or a little big a little bigger but it's probably the same I even thought when I first heard the Bird and the B-Sides version that they maybe had gone in and sort of re-recorded some layers to mm-hmm. the song. But I don't I don't think that's what they might have done anymore. I think they just went in. Especially now that I've done more listening to the gold versions and the non-gold versions of, al- of the second and third album. I'm like, okay, this mm-hmm. this I think this is just another mini version of them doing that gold-style remix. Um, so, now we can get into the deep dive. And as I was... Oh my gosh, now we're getting into the deep dive. (laughs) These are just all... Those are all my notes. So I was saying before that I... I, Like two hours ago, (laughs) there is a theory about this song. I I started to get ready to say this. I'm like, no, I'll say this for later. Because the majority of people in the world heard this song for the first time in 2009, not in 2003 when it was released... There is a very stupid theory about the song that it is about Brian leaving the band, which is really dumb because that's not what it's about. Nope. Because the song came out in 2003. Yep. <laughs> two years before. No, the song came out in 2002. 2002. The song yeah. came out in 2002. Three years before he left the band. 
But then people think, oh, this song was written and released in 2009. It says right here, Bird and the B-Sides, 2009. So this song's about Brian leaving the band. No, if anyone out there thinks that, I'm sorry you think that. That's not true. (laughs) I didn't see this on song meanings, but I saw it on a blog, and then I saw it somewhere else. I saw it in two places. I'm like, "This this doesn't make any sense. Right. Sometimes people have this like temporal concept of music that it's like how every song, sorry to bring up Blink-22 again, but it's like (laughs) everyone thinking every song is about Tom. You know what I mean? Right. All the new ones. All the new songs are about Tom, but even songs, even songs from their first, from Blink-22's first breakup, like every plus 44 song and every song from their, from neighborhoods is about their, their breakup. Like, no, it's not. Or the one that I really hate is how every Foo Fighters song is about Kurt Cobain. When I personally think, like, no Foo Fighters songs are about Kurt Cobain. Um, So, there is that. Oh, also, and I guess I could find this out right here on the back, but I looked on Discogs, and most of the songs on the Employee of the Month EP are mixed by... Reed Shippen, Reed Shippen, did all of the songs, mixed all the songs on the Employee of the Month EP, except What's All Been Done and this song, which were done by Mark Townsend. So this is one of only two songs, which is seems odd. This is what Discog said, but that means that Trademark and In Love with the 80s, at least on the Employee version, were not mixed by Mark Lee Townsend. Surprising, if true. Yeah. Yeah. I've never looked at who mixed two lefts i don't think i mean you're looking if it's around yeah (laughs) maybe this is a question for another day or do you want to go grab a copy i'll go grab it okay there you go okay yeah so jessica went and grabbed our uh, non-gold two lefts and yes the album was mixed by reed shippen Hmm. so did mark lee townsend produce it yes yeah he even has a thank you section I thought so. Yeah, the band, along with the, you know, each member of the band, plus the band as a whole, have a thank you paragraph, and Mark Lee Townsend has a thank you paragraph. But Reed Shippen didn't get a thank you paragraph. He mixed the album. So there's that. Um, This song has a BPM of 110 beats per minute. (laughs) Nice. Which I'm sure, so Be My Escape has 100 beats per minute. Uh, a different or or 113 or 113 one's yeah, probably this is, the acoustic this is why i stopped um i stopped uh reporting it on the beats per minute <laughs> balloon ride has a 92 beats per minute one <laughs> either baby the justin bieber cover or baby the outro has 130 beats per minute and whichever one the other baby is is 112 beats per minute so there's that this is danny doing the deep dive um you're doing great thank you I lost my notes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you were going to song meetings, I think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So song meetings got interesting. <laughs> that that was where they didn't... Ha- no one on song meetings mentioned the Brian theory, but it got weird because we got this close to figuring out who Chris was. Oh. We got See, this close. See, that's the thing is because I thought song meetings would be interesting, but... The people on song meetings could be lying. They're like, I'm Chris, right? Like, <laughs> Right. There aren't a lot of comments on song meetings. 
But um, I think that they all date back to the EP era and not to the okay. Birdie B-Sides version because the first comment was 14 years ago. There you go. So Swim Andy 013. I had to think about that for a second. I was like, oh man, how long ago was 2009? We've we've lived a life since then. So <laughs> Just the past two months. So third Blink-182 reference. Plus the Five Iron Frenzy reference. Second Five Iron Frenzy reference. Last night or this morning, I just got this bee in my bonnet, this idea, <laughs> this kind of meme idea to go and build a little birdhouse in your soul. No, I didn't do this to the, although it was inspired. I'll explain how it ties into the name of the giants. <laughs> I got this idea. I got this. I was like, how long ago did the new Blink-22 record nine come out? I was like, oh, it only came out last September. That's crazy. It feels like it came out so much longer ago. It's only It only came out like seven months ago. That's nuts. So then I was like, I feel like it's been a year since then, yeah. <laughs> especially with things going on right now in the world. Yeah. So then I just got this bee in my bonnet to go. I have t- I'm have i on two different Bling-182 related Facebook groups. One is a Tom DeLonge meme group, and the other is the Blink-155 Facebook group. And I just went on there and I'm like, wow, can't believe it's been a year since Nine came out. I'm going to be spinning the record all day. Are you going to be listening to it with me? And then people were like jumping in. It's like, it came out in September. What are you talking about? It's not a year old, right? (laughs) And this is partially inspired by the fact that They Might Be Giants earlier last year came out with an email that said, our album Join Us turns 10 years old today. This is isn't this wonderful? And everyone was like, that album came out eight years ago. <laughs> like the whole world. <laughs> and then the Giants had to admit like, yeah, we don't know something. We just, we kind of messed up. Like they weren't, I don't think they were joking. So that's kind of how I got this idea as well. Aside from the fact that I felt like nine came out a year ago. Right. But then I took it one step further. Of course you did. And I went to the Five Iron Frenzy Facebook group. <laughs> and I was like the newer Five Iron Frenzy album, which came out in 2013, Engine of a Million Plots. I went on there and I was like, can't believe this album came out 12 years ago today. <laughs> are you are you all going to join in with me and listen to the album today? And everyone was like, you almost gave me a heart attack. And people were like, it came out eight years ago or seven years ago. And I'm like, I'm just letting everyone go. One person. You love riling people up on the internet. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. But, it's like I have a friend who like, always gets into to like political Twitter fights. And I'm like, why? Why are you wasting your time? Just like, just walk away. But I try not to pick things that are like hurtful. And like, if you got hurt because I jokingly said this album came out 13, 12 years ago, that's on you. Like if, but if I, but if I hop in there and I'm like stirring stuff politically or religiously, right. then I'm a real troll. But I'm, I feel if one person replied to the five room frenzy post and was like, as soon as I see your name, I assume I'm not going to believe what's being posted. And I don't even know who the person Correct. was. I don't know who the person is or how they re- started to recognize me. Cause I didn't recognize them from this podcast followers or from MXPX memes followers. I was like, yes, he's the only, there's the only comment that I actually clicked a Facebook reaction to. And I gave them a heart. So anyway, I thought of that because you had to count back how many years was 14 years ago. <laughs> so Swim Andy, 14 years ago, go, ago, said, I don't really know what this song is about. It's all over the place. There is Chris who used to go to their <laughs> local shows, but I guess he doesn't anymore. Fair. Maybe he thinks the guys are getting 
too into the band and don't care about their friends anymore. That's yeah. an interesting concept. Yeah, totally. Uh, then Let's Matt is saying he doesn't care if Chris doesn't come to the show. But then some girl says, you've gotten so caught up with the band, you've forgotten who you really are and who your friends are, maybe? I don't know. Tell me what you think. I can't believe no one has posted these lyrics. Great song. But that's totally true. It could just be about, like, friends that they used to hang out with who are like, hey, you've really changed since you started getting a little bit of clout with your band. Right. But at the same time, like, I don't feel like that's fair because, like, they're busy. Right. Especially, like I said, a touring band in the early 2000s before the digital revolution of music because now the record industry makes their money, which is crazy what we're dealing with in the world right now, but a lot of the music industry makes their money off of touring. Mm-hmm. where it used to be the opposite. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, nowadays, the record is free, basically, right. and you make your money off of the shows and the merchandise. It used to be the opposite way around. You made your money off of the record, and touring was just a way of getting that record into the heads and hands of people around. <laughs> April's looking at April. <laughs> Jessica's looking at April Sorry. sleeping on the ground. <laughs> She's She she pulled down this... Um, we did laundry recently, and she pulled down this blanket, uh, blanket and is like curled herself up in it and she looks like a little Cleopatra or something. I don't know. And she has this little like this kind of bed that looks like a fainting couch and she's like half on that, half on this golden <laughs> Oh yeah, like, she's using blanket. her actual dog bed as a pillow. As a pillow. And using our yeah. blanket on the floor as her bed. <laughs> yeah. With all her toys like cuddled up around her head. Amazing. So, Sorry, that was I was it's very distracting. So two years after Swim Andy made that comment, Agent Dink popped in. Nice name. And said, no one will probably believe me, but Reliant K wrote this song about my brother, Chris. And Swim Andy (laughs) is, to my knowledge, completely correct about the song's meaning. Who are you, Agent Dink? (laughs) Well, he's Agent Dink. We don't know. They're Agent Dink, obviously. And then a year after that, Seth JC comes in and says, I would love to hear more about this Chris kid. Mind filling me in, Agent Dink? No reply. Phil Collins, no reply at all. (laughs) Agent Dink is nowhere to be seen. Secret Agent Dink disappears (laughs) into the shadows and is never heard from again. Um, He had to go deep undercover. Yeah. (laughs) So... You can't just release information like that and expect to be seen again. (laughs) No. They had to Jimmy Hoffa, this guy. Goatee Records. Yeah. They were like, we got to take care of this person. So uh, I had made a meme kind of joke on our Instagram about asking Siri, Siri, who is Chris from (laughs) Reliant K's song for the band? And John Schneck replied, even I don't know the answer to this. So oh. John Schneck, our inside man, doesn't have any information. Pretty sure he's not Agent Dink. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a spy versus well, spy situation. I'm I'm like 92% sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, I don't know if we'll ever know, but um, Aramani said five years ago, so pretty recently, this is the most recent comment, question, Towards the beginning of the first chorus where he sings, those days are gone, but Chris is not. When you listen to the song, doesn't it sound like he sings days like it sounds like those were gone, but Chris is not? 
or possibly those words are gone. So there's a lot of misheard lyrics in this song. Yeah. And that's a very confusing sentence. But basically, he, this person, Aramani, doesn't think the word days is actually in there and that they're just singing those were gone, but Chris is not. Or possibly those words are gone, but Chris is not. I can't believe there's not like an official lyric consensus yeah. on this. That this is not recorded down anywhere. Especially because back in the early 2000s, you still had, because now you totally would look at an album and be like, there's not going to be lyrics in that booklet. But back then, it was pretty common to do that, you know? So I'm sort of shocked that well, we don't it's have just an this weird thing. Answer. It's this weird thing about it being a B-side. Because yeah. it's an EP with minimal effort. With Well, no, there was a lot of effort put into the packaging of the employee. There was That's a lot of I design. Mean. I'm surprised that on the EP there isn't something. There's so much design in the Employee of the Month EP. It's a really cool little booklet, but it's just four square. It's just... It's, it's a two-fold right. I mean, it's an EP, but yeah. still, I'm just surprised. And um, I don't know, because then they decided that the, oh, none of the B-sides would get official lyrics inside the Bird and the B-sides book. Yeah. They put, like I said, they put the lyrics for the Nashville Tennis songs, but they not... They couldn't remember what the lyrics were. <laughs> they went online to look, yeah. and they couldn't agree <laughs> if it was pink hair or green hair. Because then Aramani... Aramani, or on the air, Aramani then says, also right after that, he sings, but Chris is not, and now he's got blank hair. I don't know whether he's saying big hair or green hair. So no one can decide if it's big, green, pink, or air. It's not air. But um, then if we look... We'll never know, Danny. It could be. We'll never know. And then we can go back to my favorite website from high school. You said it's skate punk. Maybe he is getting some big air. Oh, now he's got big air. Air, yeah. He's not on the airwaves. He's got big air. Yeah. Now he's a skateboarder. It's playing to- that, it's Tony or playing Hawk, that Tony Hawk pro skater. Who is a famous skateboarder from from Ohio named Chris. Siri, who's a famous skateboarder from Ohio named Chris? Here's what I found. Rob Dydrak, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say Rob Dyrdek. <laughs> Rob Dyrdek? You said Chris, and then I couldn't say Rob Dyrdek anymore. Christian Hos- Hosoy? Hosoy. Hosoy. I uh, don't know. <laughs> Jessica's more of a skateboarder than me. I'm not a skateboarder at all. Christian Hosoy is older. I owned like a toy skateboard <laughs> that I tried, that when skateboarding became popular and I was in middle school, I tried to like basically dust off my toy skateboard because it looked, it was probably a legitimate deck, but with like fake trucks right uh you probably could have replaced the trucks and made it a semi-real skateboard but i tried to break that out and like use that to to learn skateboarding just like they do in that movie clueless or whatever i don't know (laughs) um so we can go back to our favorite website of all time am i right.com what what were you gonna say about skateboarding Look like you were going to say something else about skateboarding. Oh, I was going to say, I also busted out a skateboard in middle school and broke my arm. But that would have been a few years after you. I put an Operation Ivy sticker on my toy skateboard. I was like nice. so convinced because I didn't know, because I had this skateboard, like I said, bought from a toy store with like, a, a, I, I remember it being a real wooden deck. But I'm like, right. I'm going to take this skateboard that my parents got me a couple years ago, and I'm trying to make it a real skateboard. Right. And I was like, stickers go on skateboards. Yep. That'll make it legit. Yep. Not that I need to replace the plastic on the bottom. Right. But... <laughs> do, do you... It was... The trucks were plastic? Yeah, it was a toy... Oh, jeez. I don't know what... I mean, because I think it was... 
It might. Wow. It was bought at like I said, it was bought at a toy store, but it was not. It was not like a penny board. It was like a real wooden board. Right. But like I said, it came from a toy store. So do, do it was you want to? Like, do you want to know? I know for sure. Do you want to know what band sticker I had on my skateboard? Reliant K. In middle school. Middle school. Middle school. Uh, so no Reliant K. Just, actually, no Spice Reliant Girls. K would have been out, but I didn't know who they were. Backstreet Boys. Ooh. <laughs> my favorite skate punk band of all time. Backstreet Boys sticker on my skateboard. So because I'm punk like that. Yeah. So um, misheard lyrics for Reliant K listed on AmIRight.com. Misheard lyrics. Those days are gone, but Chris is not, and now he's got pink hair. They list pink hair as the misheard mm-hmm. lyric. What if pink hair is the lyric? <laughs> Original lyrics. This cannot be true. Fuck you, amiright.com. Original lyrics. Those days are gone, but Chris is not, and now he's got the air. He doesn't. That's not the lyric. Like the air of. Like he's a radio DJ. Or the air of sophistication or not sophistication. The air of of uh, punk. Oh, it's um, his job to keep punk rock elite. Yeah, elite elitism. That's what I was looking for. Wow, I didn't look that close that the misheard lyric, the original lyric, is the wrong lyric. I'm so sorry that your one of your favorite Reliant K songs is getting ruined thanks to... Am I right sure com. Am yeah. I right com. You are not right. You are not right com. Um, I found a Reddit post where people were just jokingly saying what song lyrics should I not get tattooed on me and people were one person said for the band it's funny so yeah <laughs> um, oh one of the places where I saw the Brian theory and they admitted it couldn't be true was this like article for the Grammys I guess like there's some sort of I don't know if it's I don't think it's in a it's called grammyconnect.com and it's the Brian Pittman sounds legit like biography on it. I guess it might be some sort of like database for all of the Grammy winners of all time. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess because Ryan K must have did Ryan K win a Grammy at some point or was nominated for I one. Maybe it's for nominated. all nominations. Um. Jesus Freak Hideout had a review of the employee of the month EP, but they didn't say anything specific about for the band. So we might revisit that. I feel like a terrible Reliant K fan. Cause I'm like, I don't remember if they won or not. I know they were nominated though. It's an honor just to be nominated. So that's all you really have to remember. So, um, thinking of this, Jesus, this review of Jesus, this Jesus freak hideout review of the EP, just looking at, we still have a lot left on this EP. We have penny loafer saved, Failure to excommunicate, what's all been done, and trademark. Because the only things on this we've done so far are in love with the 80s and for the band. Nice. Unlike, I think it was Creepy EP, where we only have one song left on there. Um, And then, like I said, there's a million articles about Reliant K that happen to have the words for the band, but not about the song. Like, the manager for the band, and the drummer for the band. Oh, you mean Jeff. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. They're the... Who got them the book deal. That's right. And I guess that's it. Oh, and one other weird thing I found, just in general, is I found the Wikipedia... Not the Wikipedia, because that's that would be an official thing, but the Wikia, the fandom Wikia, mm-hmm. for Less Than Jake. 
went as far as to list any band that Less Than Jake has played with. Wow. And all they did was take Lion K's Wikipedia and copy and paste (laughs) it over to the Less Than Jake Wikia. Nice. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Just like link back to the Lion K Wikipedia. Is it updated? No, I don't know. Because I was like, is this a snapshot of what the Reliant K Wikipedia looked like? That day, probably. I I didn't look that far into it. But that's just so bizarre. Like, yeah, sure, any band can have a Wikia or a a, a fandom.com page, whatever it is now. But why list full details about every band that band has ever played with? Especially Less Than Jake, who are one of the biggest touring bands of all time. They don't slow down, even at their age now. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Jessica's like, uh. They, I was gonna put a forget and not slow down joke in there, and I just realized I should leave it. Well, let's sleeping April's lie. Let's forget and not slow down because I have big news for you. Months ago, we were talking about. I had placed an order from either Collide. I must. It was Collide Records. I mm-hmm. placed an order from Collide Records. Yeah. Uh, and they sent me a bunch of Reliant K stickers that they had lying around because I ordered all Reliant K stuff. Yeah. And one of the stickers was an actual promotional sticker from Two Lefts it's really at the cool, time. Yeah. And on the back, it said something like Reliant K on reality television. Check this website for the new Reliant K web series right. where the buffalo and cell phone roam. Yes. And they came to it was a reality show, but really just like a mini little document. It was like a video podcast. But did a... you see it? No. No, because we couldn't find it. Right. Turns out it's on YouTube. It's been on YouTube, but they weren't <gasps> labeled as where the cell phone and buffalo roam. I was kept searching where the cell phone and buffalo roam, and the only thing I ever found was trademark.net where the video links were broken. What is what is it You labeled? can see my socks. I'll tell you. You can see my socks sent us and as one of our interns doing a good <laughs> job sent us is like, "Hey, did you see webisode number 8? It's labeled webisode oh, number 8." Wow. So they're just labeled relying K webisodes, but there's no reference to the fact that the title is where the buffalo and cell phone room. I'm excited. So finally we get to see it. We'll watch all of these. We'll probably do a whole thing, maybe a little audio commentary or something. Yeah. Watch them all. But there's just a little for the band music video type thing. And I'm skipping through. And here it is. San Antonio, Texas. Footage of Dermike being wheeled around (laughs) in San Antonio, Texas. Now they're in Columbus. So it's just all of their... It's a Dermike fan video. It is. <laughs> Dermike takes us to see the Alamo. We've been to the Alamo. We have. That was not a, a video of the Alamo either. <laughs> they keep putting him on a hand truck and pushing him around. They're pushing around San Antonio. I'm sure this is... I'm sure they were thinking Down the like... side of the highway. I'm sure they were thinking this would be hilarious if we push Dermike around on a hand truck around san antonio downtown but i'm sure in texas it's like who cares <laughs> you know what i mean they're like they're probably taking that thing to set up at a bar right like yeah it, it'd be weirder if it was like, like i don't know like listen regular buffalo yeah if here. it was like if it was like boston <laughs> right. or orlando or even los angeles if someone's pushing a nope la you wouldn't think twice about that no i wouldn't anyway <laughs> so they so that's all there is to it. They're Seen just some weird stuff in LA, Danny. 
And now they're filming all these people without their consent. Oh, and Dermike is pushing the <laughs> crosswalk button. And he's pushing it again and again. He wants to cross. They're just pushing him around. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I'm waiting for him to actually get to the Alamo. The suspense is killing me. And now there's people coming up and taking pictures with it. I think he's at the Alamo now. Okay. There's a lady who just got hit in the chest with a hacky sack. And now it's on the ground. And then these... Again, I don't think this is... The lady with the hacky sack, like, did a double take because she saw Dermike just sitting there in the middle of the Alamo. And Uh she's like, what the... In slow motion? In Texas, Again, in Texas, You just be like, yes, there's a buffalo statue right here. There's a buffalo (laughs) guy's transporting a buffalo statue. Who cares? Yeah. Not out of the ordinary. We lived in Texas for three months. I think <laughs> I know a little bit about what Texas is like. <laughs> we lived in Austin for like two months. Whatever. <laughs> Austin is hardly Texas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that. And then I found a couple. Oh, I found a new way to search for videos of songs oh in my research before i would just go on youtube and i type in the song title and i type in reliance but i wouldn't bother with the k and then i would type in reliance spelled correctly with the k and the song title and then i'd go through the and i'd load the whole page excuse me i'd load the whole page <laughs> and i'd go through and i'd put eyes on every video and decide what's just another lyric video and what's actually something and what's something that has nothing to do with it but for some reason came up in the search results i realized that if I find any video that has the song uploaded against Goatee Records, like not on Goatee Records' official upload, but mm-hmm. anyone who's uploaded the song on their own, and then look in that little copyright disclaimer that YouTube themselves puts up, and I copy that exact phrasing of how the song is labeled, and oh. put that in Google, and then click the Videos tab, it gives me every video with that song even if the name of the song and Relying K aren't referenced in the description or the title. Oh, wow. So I found a couple of weird videos with For the Band in it that I would never have found because the words For the Band and Reliant were not in the description or the title of the video. Oh, wow. But because copyright content yeah. ID found it, it got labeled with For the Band dash Goatee Records That's copyright 20, 2009 or whatever. So here's the first weird one that I found. Uh, I just called this people doing weird stuff. <laughs> hey guys, remember this? This is Rock Chick Homesick G with nine views, wrote a tribute to the rabid. And then it's like Teens. three girls and two guys hanging out in like a computer room on a webcam <laughs> and just making goofy faces and like pretending to grab each other's faces. She just acted like a squirrel or something for a second. He's laughing maniacally. The guy in the back pretend to fall down. They're like grabbing each other's heads and acting scared. It's really bizarre. Yeah. And I don't know what For the Van has to do with it. The description says a mashup of earlier vids we did. Category, comedy. It's hilarious. (laughs) It's just people in front of a... Oh, now they've got a Mace Windu lightsaber out and they're stabbing (laughs) the one guy. And now that girl got bored and is just looking at her phone. Yeah. (laughs) Then it gets bizarre. 
Whoa! They've just, now they're in some sort of like large conference center hotel or church type place. Like it could be one of those type of churches that's located in like Mm -hmm. an office, you know, that repurpose an office building. Or like I said, it could be a conference center or a hotel where they happen to be staying. Two girls dressed up like sort of like ninjas with like pantyhose as, or like something as masks. Right. Going around but then making handguns like they're like they're also SWAT team ninjas. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> and then they just run around this hotel conference center type place. And everybody looks very unimpressed by this. And there's just like... This is like a church or something. Yeah, I think it's like a repurposed hotel or place that's been turned into a church i don't know i don't know or it's a college actually it could be the common area it looks like a college now they they went outside and it looked like it looked like the common rooms in a college and they just went outside they've got trash bags on their heads they're like ninja swat team (laughs) yeah that's totally a dorm danny yeah that's a dorm okay they're in college so this is a college thing This is scary. <laughs> this is super cursed. There's also this weird they gauzy keep, like, blur pan- over yeah. the whole video. And they keep panning back and forth between the two girls who are just making odd hand gestures at one another. Oh, we faded into... More kids hanging out. In- now I think we figured out this is a college thing. Yeah, it's totally More kids thing. hanging out in some sort of college dorm. It's almost over. There's our friend Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> And then just their names. Nice. So yeah, the I, the, the ninja stuff. the ninja stuff scared me. <laughs> and like I said, I think there was like there's a weird Gaussian blur on it, which was, is, e- yeah. was either the way they exported it kind of caused this odd swimmy filter, mm-hmm. or I thought maybe they had one of those shaky cam reducers that kind of makes it look otherworldly. Like yeah. Also, um, it looked like they boosted the um the the warmer hues in that so i think they might have just thrown it through something and yeah yeah uh but then here we go there's also some footage of people kayaking it's just people kayaking not much to say but sprinkles j in 2010 said getting gnarly at narnia back in the nice. day narnia with a g nice. get it like it's gnarly narnia I absolutely get it and they're going around practicing their snowboarding in dry climates Whoa. on these pipes. So they're like Tony Hawking all around. They're they're grinding and skis and snowboards yeah. in these dry weather obstacle courses. Wow. Uh, but it's a long video and For the Band is just part of it. So let me skip ahead to For the Band. Here we go. He's gliding. Oh, wow. <laughs> Listen to the guy holding the camera, please. <laughs> Ready? Wait, it wasn't there. <laughs> it's coming up any second. <laughs> There's a dog and he's sliding again. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, he's like on a ramp with a tarp, and then he slides onto like some PVC pipes, and then back onto a tarp again. Yeah, they made kind of a J-shaped yeah. pipe. Uh, J-shaped ramp that goes down up you said it you just described it but again they're in like fall weather but i love that the guy holding the camera just goes whoa every time they're successful (laughs) 
sweet. Nice. Um, and then our one and only cover, and we can get out of here. This is it. This is we were supposed to do this episode like two or three weeks ago, <laughs> but there wasn't a single cover of one of my favorite Reliant K songs. Uh, and you can see my socks delivered. Nice. He sent us. This is you can see my socks. first cover that he's ever you know sent he in, put yeah. it on his own YouTube channel. So I'm not saying he did it for us, but he did it at our behest. He did it for the band. He did it for the pod. For the pod. <laughs> it's like everything and everything is only for the pod. So 49 views, one like, seven likes. <laughs> Ones and sevens look similar. Uh, seven likes. This is Daniel Moraine. And I was questioning what you can see my socks' name was recently. Mm-hmm. It's, and you said it's Daniel. <laughs> also, I figured out because I had to become Facebook friends with him. So we could. So, because originally he was going to do a, um, a stream and for the band mm. was going to be part of it. But I guess that didn't end up happening or he wasn't happy. Or if I missed the stream, which I definitely missed the stream, he wasn't happy with that version. So he did this version. And let's play a little bit of it. And then we'll put the main thing in our feed. Right as in bo- as a mini up. So here we go. Now for the question, it just won't go away. So what are we gonna do today? Cause it seems like for the last four years. We've had far much less of a say No, I always come out like a pessimist There is always something else that's leading up to this Chris used to come to all the local shows Back when the days were simpler No pick, just like Matt Thiessen. So he's sticking with the classic Reliant K, Matt Thiessen. He's finger-picking the, the acoustic guitar. This is really pretty. Yeah, this, this is really, really nice. Voice. Yeah. And there, there's, you can see, that's what he looks like. I, I don't look that I don't look that closely at people's avatars and stuff. I don't try to figure <laughs> out who they are. Jessica, if she, if we still did this podcast the way we did in the early days, early days. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not a British accent. <laughs> I did a Southern accent. This is still early days. <laughs> if it was still early days of the podcast, Jessica loved to look at all the other videos by anyone whose cover we watched. Yeah. But now our setup doesn't really allow for that. You're always curious what else people do and who they are yeah. and all that. I'm never curious about that. If it's not right there on their avatar, <laughs> I'm never going to know. I had one of our real-life friends, Jesse Scully... <laughs> Our friend John, who we talk about, his brother, for the longest, longest time, I thought his Twitter avatar was a picture of Sweet Tooth, the the uh, the from Twisted Metal, the video game Twisted right. Metal, the clown with fire for hair. I thought that was his avatar. After months, I clicked into it, and I'm like, oh, it's him edited to look like a super saiyan it's yes yeah i thought it was a clown <laughs> with its hair on fire for months until i found out no it's a real picture of the real person with super saiyan energy drawn around him 
That's how uninterested I am in looking closer at people's avatars. I played a video for you last week of You Can See My Socks. You did? Yes. What? I don't remember this. Therapy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) He just did two parts. That's right. (laughs) Okay. This is how, you know what? I can't even blame the lockdown on this. This is just how my brain works. I don't convert. I have a hard time converting all these digital people into connections in my brain. This is why when, this is why when like I go on MXPX's Facebook group and I, I've stopped speaking of trolling the Blink-182 and Five Iron Frenzy people. I already told this story. I'm not going to tell it again, but I went on the MXPX group and I trolled people there. Again, not cruelly. The joke was I was an idiot, but people got so mad at me. And MXPX fans, I found out, do not understand irony at all. <laughs> Even though I do MXPX memes, I figured out my audience that day. The point is, I couldn't get mad at anyone for not knowing I was MXPX memes because I personally know I don't dig that far into who are the actual people. <laughs> like, it's never been a secret what my Twitter accounts are. But I don't go around telling people, so whatever. I don't know what... You can see my socks. What's his name? <laughs> Daniel Moraine. Don't know what he, I'm kidding. I knew it was Daniel Moraine. Whatever. Danny, we're going to lose our connection to how <laughs> t- to talk about the music part of the music. <laughs> well, let's listen to... before <laughs> In our farewell performance... <laughs> of Daniel (laughs) contributing to our podcast. Let's listen to how he does the bridge. The, uh, she sat me down and said to me part. It seems like anything and everything is always for the band. She sat me down and said to me, think to double check how he does the out of key part but that was funny as well he even played the guitar out of key i assume on purpose (laughs) (laughs) so that's really great thank you daniel thank you we're still going to call you you can see my socks so other (laughs) listeners know who we're talking about but thank you daniel um and that is for the band for the band for the band everything is always for the band uh and i'm curious people out there if you have like jessica's like what are you about to say (laughs) i'm sincere i'm being sincere now like anyone out there who has you know local bands that you loved to follow or that you were in i'm curious to know because like i said i was a part of like a, a 
little bit of a local scene in the Massachusetts, New Hampshire area. Like the number one band I was kind of friends with and followed was called Good for Life. They were a local New England ska band. Um, and there were other bands that Human Flight Committee was like a post-hardcore at the drive-in style band. Uh, there were a lot of, there were other, <laughs> these are all Christian bands, but there were other secular bands that I liked as well. Um, Mercury Switch? Mercury Switch. They were also Christian, but like, I'm trying to think, oh, Five Bucks was one of my favorite New Hampshire ska punk bands. They were not Christian. I barely knew them personally, but I liked going to all their local shows. Scar Me of Darkness? Scar Me of Darkness out in Western Mass. And they've got like a little <laughs> bit of, they're, they're still around because they, they, they've kept their social media presence going and they've had reunion shows now and then and like you would go to Western Mass and you'd actually see them play in a shed in one of their backyards. And then they would play other shows around Western Mass and it was awesome. They were like a hardcore punk band with horns. And yeah, uh, thank you for reminding me of those <laughs> bands I used to follow. So I'm curious, anyone out there, like let me know about band, let us know about local bands that you used to love to follow that maybe still have some sort of online presence that we can retweet and let people know about. Um, I know Andrew from Magnified Pod had Tiger Jack. <laughs> Did you ever hear Tiger Jack? No. We'll have to talk about that soon because we're doing our crossover episode yeah. with them very soon. Uh, I realized I kind of double booked us because I was like, wait, next week maybe Five Iron Frenzy is either dead or dying, but it's also supposed to be May the 4th be with you because May the right. 4th is next week. So we might have double booked ourselves. <laughs> Maybe one will get pushed back to the next week. I don't want to push back May the 4th because it's May the Horse because May the 4th is yeah. that week. But we'll see. We'll figure it out. You'll have to just tune in to find yeah. out. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Stay safe for the band. We just wasted 100 minutes of your work.